Hey, wrestling fans, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. Before we dive into the show, Leith and I want to give you a chance to figure out where you can find us on social media. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Wrestling Time Machine. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Twitter. The at handle is at W-R-E-S-T-L-T-I-M-M-A-C-H. You can also just search the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Twitter. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Tumblr. If you want to be a part of the show and let us know what you're watching or what you think of a particular event we're about to watch, you can email the show at thewrestlingtimemachine at gmail.com. We will read your emails live on the show. You can also donate to the show. You can help support us at kofi.com, that's ko-fi.com, forward slash the wrestling time machine. Want to get some merch for your donation? You can support the show by finding us on TeePublic under Bobby F07. It's all lowercase. We have a couple shirts up there. We always have more uh, coming up. You can leave us a review on iTunes if you want to help support the show for free. That really helps us out. That means more people see us, and that means we get to have more cool guests on. You can also check out the other shows that we do at nerdfixstrangers.com forward slash listen, including Nerdfix Strangers and Pokemon Mind and Body. Leith, where can people find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both of those are now at Leith underscore Gray. That's L-I-A-T-H underscore G-R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. I have a uh, silly toy blog, the Dinosaur Toy Adventure on Instagram as well. Dinosaur underscore toy underscore adventure. And if you are interested and you search Leith Gray on Amazon, I have two short stories available at the moment, uh, Talia and Anna's Obsession. They're a dollar apiece. And that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) So check those out. You can follow me on Twitter at SpaceKingBobby. You can also follow me on Tumblr at SpaceKingBobby's blog, SpaceKingComics.com. And don't forget to check out EvetteMakesThings.com. She makes all sorts of great stuffed animals, badges, jewelry, comics, stockings for the holidays. Check out EvetteMakesThings.com for all sorts of cool, nerdy finery. And I think with that, I think we can start the show. Welcome, wrestling fans, to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bobby Fisher, and on the line with me, as always, is my co-host, Leith Gray. Hello. Hello. And joining us today from Superfly Comics and Games in Yellow Springs, Ohio, Mr. Jared, I have not yet been banned from a Diamond Comics Retailer Summit but I have tried to steal Tom Brevoort's hat, Whitaker. <laughs> All these are factual facts. <laughs> All factual facts. I'm I'm actually surprised I haven't been banned from anything, actually. I was struggling to think about what I had been banned from, but very little. Yeah. <laughs> and that rabble roused a lot, man. You've known me for a long time, Bobby. I, I have, and I have known you 
to rouse the rabble. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Uh, when we were doing Superfly podcast, we did get kicked out of uh, we did get kicked out of the uh, out of the main hall when we were doing our podcast illegally. We had a security oh, guard. That's on right. A, I was on there a, for that. On a Segway, escort us back to the hotel. I remember that. It was a good time. That was such a good time. It was the most non-threatening threat that I think I've ever had. <laughs> I mean, this, guy, this lady was just like, she was trying to do like command a presence, like you know, I'm the authority here, and you have to listen to what I say. But it's like you're on, you're on a Segway, and there's like twenty of us. So look, I guess... <laughs> after after seeing everything that has happened to people of color since that. And those interactions with the police, I, I think we can say safely say that that was a good interaction. You know what? That's fair. That's a fair point. I will. I will concede that point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was. I know. Segways are probably the least threatening form of transportation. I don't know I what a hoverboard would probably be le- less threatening than a Segway. I mean, only if you're going over water. Only, well, if there's, like, a grown man on, like, a Razor scooter, which I've also <laughs> seen, I was like, you can't, he was trying to talk to girls, too, I was like, you you can't think you're cool right now, right? Like, this isn't a real thing. Like, he, Maybe like, he had, like, one of those bicycles with the basket and the streamers and the little bell. Well, I've seen dudes on that. It's, <laughs> it's possible. I'm not saying it happens all the time. But it's definitely possible to look cool with those. I pull it off. It, it takes a, a special kind of charisma, I think, to uh, pull that off. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, there, there has to be a swagger uh, that that you have to be able to partake in. Right. <laughs> oh man. Well, we are here to discuss October of 1995 for World Championship Wrestling. But before we do that, we want to kind of give an update, talk about what we've been up to, and get to know our guest, Jared, here. Uh, Leith, what have you been up to recently? I feel like everything. Everything, <laughs> yeah. I've been, like, overwhelmed. May was, like, Super Wrestle Month. I went to Star Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. I went to Excellence Pro Wrestling. I went to NXT. <laughs> yeah, that's so, and I've cool. been like, And I have uh, the Dropkick depression shows coming up such in a, good a couple cause. weeks yeah it's great everybody they do they do a lot of good work everybody owes it to themselves to go check out and support dropkick depression That's and then such oh a good goodness. cause yes yes definitely trying to think what else is coming up uh my daughter just graduated kindergarten congrats oh good congratulations so, so, yeah, now I have her home for the summer, which Woo! is going to be an adjustment. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's quickly something you immediately regret. Uh, you can be proud and inconvenienced at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's basically the life cycle of a parent. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you need, like, many days off. Yeah. Like, I just need to run away for, like, a while. <laughs> Just tell her to go go ride your bike. Don't, don't cro- go ride your bike and don't cross any streets. That's what my mom told me. Which, as a child, I didn't get that. That just meant I just could ride my bike around the block. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. 
Like, how can I, how can I go anywhere if I can't cross the street? <laughs> All right, I gotta go in now. <laughs> street lights are coming on. Yeah. We just ride our bikes in the middle of the road. Nobody. <laughs> like, my parents cared a lot less about me, I guess. <laughs> well, we lived we lived in a really small town, and so you could get away with like riding your bikes in the middle of the street like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Our, our roads weren't too busy. There was that yeah. stop sign right by my house that all the cars seemed to just drive through. Yeah. And just ignore. <laughs> so that was the one thing we had to watch for. That and the the guy who molested kids that lived like down the block. Right. Yeah, uh, we used to call him Sylvester the molester. Mm, that is. Was his name actually Sylvester though? It was. It oh. was. Then that was just factually accurate, then. Yeah, no, that's... Yep, that's, that's how we would remember to, like, okay, it's him, don't go near him. I mean, he was kind of, like, not somebody you would really want to go near anyway. But... <laughs> he gave off that vibe. Right, because he, he was one of those that would offer candy and presents mm, to neighborhood gross. kids. Oh, was gross. that... That's actually a thing people tried? Yes. I yes. that was, like, after-school special stuff. No, he tried and succeeded, so... Oh! That's not cool! Nope. As opposed <laughs> to, like, it is cool, I guess. What the... What kind of reaction is <laughs> that? No, I think he was totally justified in that. Debate <laughs> me! Jared's over here finding out that that episode of Different Strokes was accurate. I didn't know. I didn't know. No, don't go to the bike shop. <laughs> oh. oh, it hurts. It hurts, yeah, man. This is, uh, what, late 80s, early 90s, so... Yeah, these these things really did happen, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, they still do happen. But don't don't do that stuff. Yeah. Don't go near those people. <laughs> yeah. I, thought you, I thought called... you were telling people not to molest me. Like, don't do that anymore. Well, also like, that, yeah. Nobody <laughs> thought about that. Like, oh, did you just tell me? Did you think about telling them to stop? Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like did we even try that? <laughs> wow. Try to... Yeah, don't try to diddle kids, everybody. Like This episode took a turn, and we are like ten minutes in. <laughs> it's, like the most, it's like the most basic PSA ever. It's like, it's like some dude, it's like the, the Captain America meme, where he walks up and sits in the chair backwards, and he's like, so, you're thinking about diddling kids. <laughs> and then it's like over, I was like, oh, all right. Captain America says, don't do that, so I guess it's, you should. It's not just Captain America doing that. It's Chris Evans as Captain America being like, son, don't. He could do that right now, and it would be the most effective yeah. ad. Well, Chris <laughs> Evans is a real-life Captain America. He's an angel that we don't deserve. Well, I mean, he's not full of super steroids, as far as I know. There haven't been any tests done on that. You know what? That's fair. I don't want him to jump out in front of any trucks. That's, it's yeah. I, I don't either. So, <laughs> I guess what we've been up to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe turn the show around a little bit, uh, we are we are in the process of moving, which is just frightening and awful, and I can't not recommend moving enough. 
Moving is the worst. It is. Pretty much, yeah. Especially when you only have a month to do it. Ugh. Yeah. That's no fun. So, we're... But the good thing is, we already have a place. Uh, we've already gotten approved and everything, so it at this point, it's just packing stuff up. But uh, on a more positive note, uh, as far as what we've been up to, I have been playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and enjoying that. Uh, doing some hunting and some fishing and just enjoying Easter eggs and everything. I only enjoy hunting in games like that. Yeah. Because, like, in, in Grand Theft Auto, I feel amazingly bad if I hit an animal, especially in... Especially with the the PS4 one where they added a bunch of, like, new animals. Where it's just like, no, they're just dogs and cats running around. It's like, I, I don't, like, you know, I'm running away from the cops. Oh, God, there's a dog! No! And that's it. The chase is yeah. over. Just me flipping, <laughs> me flipping my car. Trying to avoid kill, a dog. Cops kill me. I end up in the hospital with less money. You know, but that dog was okay, though. Just like in real life. Yeah, it sounds about right. But, like, I I have been enjoying... Like, it's weird. I could never hunt in real life. That's not something that has interested interested me in in real life. But I can do it in this. Uh, And that's the thing. It's like, if you just took out the hurting animals part, hunting would be pretty cool. It would be. I also have ADHD, and that makes it difficult. But this is a little bit more immediately rewarding. Uh, you know, than sitting around for 12 hours drenched in deer piss. Sounds like somebody's not hunting with dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore not hunting correctly. I'm, I'm just saying, man, if, do you want to catch stuff or do you want to sit around all day? Right. So uh, I've been doing that, playing Red Dead Redemption 2. We uh, also recently celebrated our anniversary and got to hang out for free comic book day, did some interviews with friend of the show Dirk Manning, J.M. Hunter, uh, Sean Pryor down at Superfly for free comic yep. book day. And those interviews are up on YouTube. Uh, just search Nerdfic Strangers and you'll find uh, those videos there. We also got to go to a Chikara event, our first actual wrestling event. And that nice. was in Pittsburgh. That was, I believe, Anniversario. Ooh. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a great time. Everybody at the show was super nice. Every single Chikara wrestler I got to hang out with for a couple minutes and talk to was just the nicest. Uh, it, so polite. I got shirts from just about everybody. I got, oh, wow. I got, I mean, I wanted to support my boys. Come on. I got, mm-hmm. I got a Travis Huckabee shirt from friend of the show, Travis Huckabee. I got a shirt from uh, Hermit Crab and Murloc. And I even got a shirt from The Whisper. Uh, and everybody was just so cool. And it was such a good show. Uh, I'm, Did you get a shirt from Cobalt, though? He wasn't there. Well, you could go to Cobalt 6. That's right. You can do that, and everybody should go do that. Go get yourself a cobalt shirt. Uh, You know, we took uh, some snacks for for our Chikara friends, and uh, we I got to see a little bit of the Chikara action arcade wrestling game, and that looks pretty great. Uh, That'll be coming to Steam uh, here soon, and. Uh, looking forward to that. So we've been we've been having fun with that, and of course the new Pokemon Direct dropped yesterday, and 
Hashtag Team Wooloo. Neither one of you are super big into Pokemon, so it's fine. But uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I, I didn't. I, I I was just trying to be respectful. That's all. I'm just like I don't know what he's talking about, but you know. I, I completed the National Pokédex in was it Omega Ruby? That's pretty impressive. And then I just kind of like I was like, but I did it, so now I'm done, right? Oh no, Leah. No. <laughs> so I did. I did the. Uh, uh, sun, I played Sun and Moon. I forget which one I had, but um, I completed the decks there, and then I'm just okay. like, okay, like I don't know, like that's all I, I do anymore. Is okay. Complete Pokédexes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, uh, I will uh, give you a heads up. The uh, the new game, uh, Sword and Shield, uh, takes place in a region called Galore, and it's on the Switch, and it's basically Scotland and England. Ah. And also there's kaiju-sized Pokemon. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like uh, kaiju. Yeah, so if you're into kaiju, this is probably your game, and I'll send you a trailer later. Uh, so we've, uh, you know, I after watching that, uh, yesterday I'm pretty much dead. Uh, I, <laughs> I did also get to go see Detective Pikachu recently. And oh, we saw that too. It was amazing. I also died that watching fun. that. Yeah, it was. Oh, and I saw we saw the new Godzilla. Oh, that looks so well. good. Yeah. I forgot I actually got to go to movies. I never get to go to movies, and I got to see two movies in like one month. It's That's crazy. Yeah, Godzilla holds a very special place. For the wife and I, because that's uh, the first movie we got to go see together. Aw, that's awesome. Godzilla got spoiled for me that morning. Oh, no. (laughs) I was like, oh, I mean, it's kind of whatever, because it's like, yeah, you know what happens at the end, because, you know, you know what the next movie is, is it's next year. But at the same time, I really wanted to watch that movie, jerks. But it's this thing where, like, if it's not, like, a Marvel property, people have absolutely no problem spoiling everything. People are Game of Thrones, this was just on ten minutes ago, here's everything that happened, jerks! Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I I guess so. Walking Dead, guess what happened? Whoa! Like, oh, man. Yeah. People people (laughs) are jerks, but Detective Pikachu was pretty great. Uh, The wife and I got to go see that. We had a nice romantic lunch before that, and I was all decked out in full cosplay. Uh, I took my plush Magnemite with me, and it was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. I was so very excited for that movie in so many ways. I think uh, probably one of my favorite bits was the the Loudred in the underground battle. Scene. Oh yeah, that was fun. That was that was <laughs> a lot of fun. So we we uh, we did that, and that's uh, that's pretty much what we've been up to here. Jared, you're our guest. What have you been up to recently, aside from not getting kicked out of Diamond Retailer Summit meetings? Well, one, I haven't had... I didn't go this past year. It was in uh, Vegas, which would have been really expensive and really easy for me to get banned. So, <laughs> probably a good thing I didn't go. Look, I was I was reading that article you posted to, to Bleeding Cool about that whole situation, and it's like, Diamond is objectively awful in a lot of ways, but this guy somehow sounds even worse. Well, the problem... 
again, I don't like. I'm not gonna say his name because, like, if you're in the industry, you know who this is. So yeah. it's kind of whatever. But the the biggest problem about it is that this guy has fair and reasonable points about the industry. It's just he can't get over himself. He can't get over, like, the kind of cult of personality that he thinks is around him as, like, he's the truth teller and he's saying what everybody thinks. And it's like, no, you're right, but you're just you're still being a jerk. It's, it's that whole meme of, like, the worst person you know just made an excellent point. Yeah, and it's like, I I would almost give him credit if he hadn't laid out how he's actively a jerk all yeah. the time. And look, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> anyone who uses the term SJW as a pejorative does not deserve yeah. to be taken seriously. They do not deserve your attention. Yeah. <sighs> Woof. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, so not getting kicked <laughs> out of that. Um, I've been, we've, you know, basically just been working at the store, uh, keeping that afloat. Uh, street fairs this weekend. Uh, if you if you're uh, familiar with street fairs wherever you are, it's like that except uh, in my town. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about street fair in Yellow Springs. Um, well, there's three, there's two street fairs. There's a summer street fair and there's a fall street fair, and they're always the second week. In the month, and this it's second week in June, and I think it's the second week in October. Mm-hmm. Yes, so basically they um, they block off the two streets that our our town comprises of, <laughs> and uh, booths set up, and there's all kinds of food vendors. There's a beer garden. There's bands playing all over the place. Last year, I think there was a dude on stilts juggling machetes which i thought was awesome and i wish i could have seen him eventually fall over apparently oh no yeah uh, he's fine i guess <laughs> it was it was last year so but yeah it's basically just there's close to six seven thousand people in our town that only has about two thousand people living in it <laughs> So it's fun. It's a it's a lot like free comic book day, except uh, not solely in our store. Very so cool. I'm gonna be doing that. Um, been uh, I've been I've been hitting the video games pretty hard. Uh, Rocket League just announced that they're doing a whole '80s event, including uh, the including uh, the new having a Ghostbusters car Ooh. and. A Knight Rider car, and what else? Oh, they're going to have a a Ghostbusters-themed game. Nice. Very cool. And apparently, there's going to be... uh, They they have a couple of licenses that they're going to... It's like uh, like car decals and like, like wheels and things to deck out your car. And one of which is apparently... 80s Ninja Turtles cartoon related and WWF stuff. And I'm like, oh man, if I can get a Macho Man anything on my my little video game car, it will warm my my black black heart just a little. So, I mean, how how are you going to have a game about rocket cars what that play soccer? 
and do a 1980s event and leave out the quintessential 1980s rocket car that is the 89 Batmobile. I mean, oh, eight, um, 89 Batmobile's already in the game. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. Cheerfully withdrawn. <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't have the 66 Batmobile, though. Mm. Well, so, you know. What it sounds like is they need a 60s event. That, yeah. That would be pretty cool. Hey, I'm doing a podcast. Oh, I didn't think you said this early. I'm sorry. Can we try to make dinner? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Tell Corey I said hi. Bobby says hi. Hey. <laughs> also, that reminds me, Jared, Yvette says hi. Oh, hello, Yvette. <laughs> she's, she's not on, but you know. You should, um, you should take a minute to wish her well because she just had surgery today. Oh, my God. I hope you feel better. Uh, surgery is no fun as somebody who has sat with somebody who had surgery and has had surgery. It's no fun, and I hope you get better soon. And, um, yeah. I'll give her that. Good. There you go. <laughs> um, and uh, E3 is next week. Uh, I am thoroughly uninterested, except for two things. One, apparently, uh, there's going to be another Borderlands 2 DLC mm-hmm. that's coming out on Sunday Ooh. that got leaked. So I'm going to play Borderlands 2 again. I'm already 1,100 hours into this game. Granted, it's been out for seven and a half years, but still, that makes me a huge loser. Uh, But it makes me happy. And I'm going to watch EA's press conference, because, man, those guys had a bad year, and I can't (laughs) wait to see what they're going to say about it. I'm I'm very much... uh, like. I don't have anything I'm super looking forward to to E3 because we've already seen like a lot about the new Pokemon game and that's really the only thing that I'm super looking forward to. Uh, the only thing that's even been kind of hinted at is uh, the possibility of a Rockstar presence uh, in so much that possibly Grand Theft Auto 6? I don't know. I think it's too early. That game came... like Red Dead came out last year. Yeah. So... Uh, if they have like a stopgap game, which they don't do anymore because they only do Red Dead and and Grand Theft Auto now, if they put out table tennis again, I'm just, this is perfect <laughs> for Bully to come back out. I mean, Bully would kind of be a stopgap game, and there have been hints that a new Bully is coming. That would That'd be, be cool. Uh, that would be really great. It's that a was like probably the only game. rocks. I think that was, like, the only Rockstar game I ever really got into. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I, if either of you are aware, but there is a big bully Easter egg in Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh. And that's okay. led a lot of people to think that uh, Bully is going to be the next game. Uh, the sh- they have Easter eggs in all their games. Yeah. They're all their games in all of them. Yeah. So. But, uh, it, it's, it'd it's be even cool just to get, like, a like remaster or HD or yeah. something. That That's be what's been cool. going. I've seen that around a lot too. Is that the doing the remaster deal? Since everybody, everybody's doing it, but Rockstar doesn't act like most game companies. Right, I just, right. I just want them to do another Midnight Club, and I know it's never gonna happen. <laughs> I know that. I know it's never gonna happen, but I want it, and I also want them to do Manhunt again. I know they'll never do Manhunt again. I I'm one of those weirdos who really like stealth. Stealth games where people get horribly mangled. 
I sold so much of that game when I worked at Best Buy, and it was hard explained to parents that they shouldn't <laughs> buy that for their child. You know what? You know what has been uh, really interesting as far as like Rockstar goes is it's like, do you really even need like a new Midnight Club with GTA Online? Yes. Because people who play GTA Online are jerks. That's, yeah, and I say that as somebody who plays GTA Online. No offense to you, but... No, it's your, okay. I your don't, friend's terrible. I don't play it online with any regularity, but I've played it enough online to know that there are way too many, like, psychopathic, sadistic nine-year-olds on every server. Yeah, the only, the only time I've ever wanted to play it is... When there was, there was this, basically there was like a serial killer that was just like, would be in the game and would just like systematically stalk people. And he dressed like, I think Michael Myers or something. And I was like, I'm like, there's a lot of videos on, on YouTube about it. I was like, that sounds terrifying <laughs> that it's some guy. If it was just like in the game where it's like, oh, hey, there's a guy all in black. Oh, he's walking towards me. I should get out of here. Well, I, but the fact that someone is dedicated enough to have a serial killer persona in their video game is the dedication that I can't be mad about. The the most recently I played GTA Online was right before Red Dead uh, Redemption 2 came out, and that was just to do the GTA Online Red Dead Redemption 2 event that you could Ooh. do, uh, which was pretty cool. It's kind of complicated. You do like this series of bounty hunting hunting missions, and basically the end goal is you get the, like, golden cattleman revolver from the first Red oh. Dead, and okay. then you can also get, like, a hatchet, uh, like a like an ancient Indian, or, well, Native American, rather, uh, or Viking hatchet or something that you can also get in Red Dead Redemption 2. So, that's pretty cool. All right. It's, uh, so that, that was the most recently I played it, but, yes. So, Jared, you've been talking a lot about playing games, and you stream games, and you're working on, if I, if I remember your one tweet correctly, working on trying to get Twitch affiliate, correct? Yeah, uh, every now and then I try. Okay. Tell and, us a little uh, bit about, like, where people can find you on Twitch. Uh, my, ch- my Twitch channel is basically... Uh, twitch.com slash jfx316, which is my handle for damn near everything I do. That's true. Uh, it's really good branding. If you Google search, it's a lot of me and none of uh, some rap, some other rap guy named JFX who did a stuff like seven years ago. And then I guess mysteriously stopped because I choked him out of the algorithm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so... <laughs> you haven't even put like you just choked him out of the algorithm with branding. I mean, hey, it, Disney does it all the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to stream on my channel every day. Uh, uh, thanks to the Handsome Collection on PS3 being the free game, I am replaying uh, Borderlands 2 from scratch. For the first time on PS4, uh, this I'm going for the fifteenth time I've beat this game. Very so, cool. 
Um, I don't have a dedicated schedule because I have a full-time job and a part-time job. So basically when I have time, uh, I, I jump on and play for a little bit and I talk to people who show up. Uh, I have a Facebook, uh, I have a Facebook group and my YouTube page is, uh, called Game Changer 2.0. Point is spelled out because reasons. So if you would like to, uh, if you'd like to, Follow me. It's not subscribing because uh, when you subscribe is when you get money for stuff. So if you want to follow me on Twitch, it's just JFX316. And that would help me out a lot. Uh, affiliate is when you get to stream uh, for money. And it's basically like a really bad part-time job, bad paying part-time job where you work a full-time job but you get paid barely for part-time. But hey... <laughs> Someone's got to stop Ninja, and it, why shouldn't it be me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice stuff. Well, very I, cool. I, streaming out of spite. That's <laughs> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, and we we support the hustle. Thanks, wow. buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hashtag shower with your dad simulator. So oh, God. I'm gonna have to play that again, aren't I? <laughs> Why haven't they made another one? You know, we, this show's about wrestling. <laughs> this is about wrestling. We should probably get to that. We should uh, talk about wrestling. We should talk about wrestling. But everybody should go check out JFX 316 and Game Changer 2.0. And also check out Superfly Comics and Games for all sorts of really cool games, accessories, comics, great stuff. And ambiance. Ambiance. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's dive into the show, World Championship Wrestling, October of 1995, Here Cometh the Yeti. Oh, God. This is the year I graduated, so Jesus, man. Thanks a lot for having a really bad time. I was <laughs> seven. Oh, thanks, bud. Just knife in the heart there. <laughs> My highlight of 1995 was getting to see the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Oh, wow. That did come out back then, didn't it? I'm pretty sure, yeah, 95 or 94. Probably my highlight was going to ECW, which... Oh, no, I went to no, I went to Ring of Honor then, because I saw uh, Samoa Joe wrestle CM Punk in, uh, at the Ohio Fairgrounds. In 95. I'm pretty sure it was 95. Maybe it was... Well, it had to be 95, because I was still here, because I left to go to Columbus in 96. So, I did not I know did, they were even wrestling that early. I'm trying. Maybe I don't know. I'm maybe I'm getting my dates wrong. Yeah, because like, Punk I, is listed yeah, as having yeah, debuted was, in '99. No, that was yeah, that was that was way off then. What wrestling did I go see then? Because I, I I went to wrestling. <laughs> I'm an old man, and I get confused about stuff. <laughs> oh, listen to old man wrestling here. <laughs> We went, like, maybe, maybe it was ECW. Like, we, we went to wrestling <laughs> shows that summer because we, you know, we were out of school. I mean, what else could we do? So, you know, between, like, you know, just graduating and being like, well, what are we going to do? It, it, was, you know. it was probably more likely that you saw Marty Jannetty wrestling to Cold Scorpio in 1995 than CM, CM Punk and Samoa Joe. We did, we did see a lot of... I actually, we actually did go to WCW shows because they they came around more than WWE for some reason. Yeah, they came to Dayton a lot. 
They were, yeah, they were in our arena a lot, and yeah. it was, it felt weird. They did, like, pay-per-views there, and I'm like, that's not really, like, a pay-per-view building, but kind of, like, going back, like, the business wasn't super, Boom. the business wasn't super big, yeah. so, like, it makes sense to have it in, like, kind of, like, medium-sized building like that, it was, so. It was, a, it was an arena that they could make look full for TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And never, never mind, Hair Arena was a great place to see shows, because, yeah. like, you, you see everything from, like, anywhere you sat. Yeah. Well, that's why we're here today, to talk about wrestling, and to talk about World Championship Wrestling, October of 1995. So, we've... Do we, um... Do we have some time for listener questions we before we... We do have time for listener jump questions. Jump ahead. And if you... It, if you want to send us listener questions, you can email us at therestlingtimemachine at gmail.com, or I guess just keep getting in touch with Leith however you've been doing that. <laughs> that sounds super creepy. <laughs> yes, please uh, just use regular DMs. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Not... Don't be I, a I... creep. <laughs> I mean, you could send carrier pigeons, that would be pretty cool. But Hogwarts owls. Yeah, I would accept that for sure. <laughs> but they're dressed. They're dressed as wrestlers. <laughs> oh my god, that's the that's the cutest cartoon that hasn't existed yet. That needs to happen. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds great. You're welcome, well, owls everybody. Owls with like lucha like masks. Aww. Oh, okay. Re- <laughs> an, an owl dressed like Randy Savage. Aww. Wow. I'm gonna die of cuteness right now. <laughs> somebody needs to like draw these up. <laughs> if you, if somebody out, if somebody listening can draw a Randy Savage owl and a owl with a Rey Mysterio mask, that would be great. Yeah, Gonna they... eat me a mouse in the middle of the night. Dig it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gonna oh spit God. out the bones. Yeah. Oh, I've been tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's so bad. It's my new to, favorite thing. I want this to happen so much. <laughs> it's not going to, but I want it to happen. Somebody's, somebody's going to draw it. Somebody has to. Tag us if you do. Yes, please, somebody draw that. I want that more than Wrestle Prom. Oh my God, so much. <laughs> so, anyway. That, that we. If you if you draw it and send it, we'll make it into a T-shirt. I will. Come on. I will absolutely stand by that. We will make that a shirt. Well, there it is. It's on you. It's on you, audience. <laughs> oh, okay. So, listener questions, right? <laughs> That's what yes. we are doing. <laughs> so, I have a question from Blu-ray Mysterio. That's at Blue. I b- believe it's dash or underscore Ray Mysterio on Twitter. Um, he wants to know what, basically, what wrestler or tag team do we think would have made a really cool, like, monster truck? It's, it's blue underscore, Raymond. Underscore, thank you. And it's B-L-U, there's no E. Uh, as far as what tag team we would have thought would have made a really cool monster truck. Jared... Yeah, or just wrestler in general. Okay, okay. Jared, I'm gonna let you go first. are, Are we doing, like... At the time, or are we doing just any tag team? It doesn't specify, so I would okay. imagine maybe do, whatever. Maybe do, like, one of, like, at the time and one of, uh, like, uh, any time. Okay. Um, I think, 
I think a Road Warriors one would have been kind of cool with like you know I feel like they could have incorporated like the shoulder pads. Oh right, right. Really, really interestingly. Um, in general, I guess. I guess the New Day. That's what I was thinking. New Day Monster Truck would be there. Would be a lot going on with that. It would just be have to be for show and not for like go. It would. It would have it to would, have like the unicorn horn on it. Yeah. Unicorn exactly. horn and pancakes. Like a booty. It would be amazing. Like a booty <laughs> shaped like bumper. That would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I ra- like the like rainbow paint. Uh, God. I really want this to happen. I mean, do you want, would, yeah. do you want that yeah, or Wrestling Owls more? Wrestling Owls. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be Wrestling Owls. We, we don't <laughs> we don't need we don't need monster trucks now. We need Wrestling Owls. Yes. Absolutely. Everybody needs Wrestling Owls. I mean, come on. Yes. Yes, yes we do. Bobby, what what, what would make a good what tag team would make a good Okay. I'm putting you on the spot. You you are. Uh, oh, man. So, at the time, I'm going to go with... <sighs> See, I'm torn with a legitimate answer and a joke answer. Just do both. Okay. Do both. It's your show. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to do both. <laughs> I'm going to do both. Uh, real answer, the pit bulls. Ooh, that would be good. I mean, would it? Could it get any more metal than the pit bulls? Very as, chainy. A, as a as a monster truck, yeah, chains and you know leather and I guess I'm really just describing a Judas Priest themed monster truck at this point. <laughs> uh, oh, that sounds awesome. That also sounds awesome, right? Uh, so yeah, I think yeah. the pit bulls would would be pretty interesting, or even like the Dudleys. You could put, like, the glasses on it. All right. Oh, man. With the tie-dye. Mm-hmm. The glasses around, like, the headlights? Yeah. Mm. And then my joke answer, and, and Leith, uh, I'm going to have to explain this, but you will know who I'm talking about. We're going to go, we're going to flash back to August of 1995, Bill Garrett and Cody Wade, who faced the smoking guns, that really <laughs> awful jobber tag team where the guy, the one guy was super big and the other guy not so much, and they had the train-themed gear. <laughs> so that's... Oh, man. That's, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my joke answer. And then as far as, like, one for, for like, a modern tag team... Ooh. Uh, you know, I... I I am in love with the new day, uh, and, and I say that in the year of 2019, the year of our Lord and Savior Kofi Kingston. I'm also gonna have to pick kind of more modern. I'm gonna go with the revival. That's a plain. Actually, you know what? It wouldn't be plain. They would probably. It would be very smoky. And there'd be lots of uh, bourbon shooting out of it, I imagine. You, you look at those two dudes and tell me they're not into monster trucks. That they <laughs> don't know their way around a vehicle. I would I would totally be into that. You got just, like, fists all over it. 
Wow. It would be the only monster truck capable of delivering a spine buster. <laughs> I, I would like to see how that happens, it, but <laughs> you can see it. It would run on Chaw. <laughs> that doesn't sound doesn't sound good for the environment. <laughs> Look, Chaw can solve all of our fuel woes. I mean it can't, but <laughs> it can't. <laughs> Tobacco is not a sustainable fuel source. It's not. It's really not. Don't listen to me. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my modern one. <laughs> All right, Leith, how about you? Uh, I would say, for a throwback, uh, definitely Harlem Heat with the flames. And Ooh, the, like, you could throw in, like, the sparkle for Sherry. Yeah. Cause, It'd be I mean, pretty, pretty classic. You could just have the smokestack shoot flames. Mm-hmm. It would be It would be pretty awesome. Uh, maybe don't let Stevie Ray ride that after his motorcycle accident, but, uh... You could hit the horn, and it could be Booker T going, Hulk Hogan, we coming for you! (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Or, alternately, uh, Stevie Ray calling calling people a fruit booty. That. Which is still the most amazing... It's it's kind of the most vulgar insult without actually being vulgar. I mean, it's better than Arn Anderson using the term cat bath. <laughs> he just sounds like an old drunk man. <laughs> Who says that? Well, Arn Anderson for one. Well, yeah, I'm not going to argue with him. I mean, he could even now he could probably beat me up. So that's fair. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your modern wrestling tag team pick then? You know, I'm not. I don't want to go too modern because we all said New Day, and obviously that would be amazing. But uh, I'd like to see an Edge and Christian one. You know, I oh. thought about that too. I was thinking, <laughs> like, I was thinking like Edge and Christian or the Hardy Boys. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want to have the Hardy Boys monster truck on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just me. You're getting pulled the- over in that truck. <laughs> <laughs> and I. <laughs> Like, you're getting pulled over in that truck more than you are in the Harlem Heat truck. Yeah. <laughs> not, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. They kind of have to pull you over after a little bit. <laughs> oh, you're wearing a Jeff Hardy shirt? I'm going to have to... We're going to have to do a piss test right here. You're driving in the median, and you're upside down. <laughs> you're not even driving a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm seriously. I'm glad they're both okay. Yes. The fact that Jeff Hardy is still alive is amazing. If you really, really think about it, it's an accomplishment of modern science. It's, a, it's an accomplishment of modern chemicals, man. It's it's a miracle. He's like he's like the Keith Richards of wrestling. If he stops doing drugs, he'll die. I guess. I kind of want him to live like the Jake Roberts. Uh, like have that kind of longevity where it's like, yeah, he's he's got that kind of Keith Richards, just he's never gonna die, kind of like physiology. He has preserved his body <laughs> chemically. I would like to think that about Jake the Snake. I met Jake the Snake, cool dude. I have never met Jake the Snake, 
but I also imagine he's a cool, very uh, inebriated dude. Actually, he was pretty sober as far as I know. Uh, I got to <laughs> I got to hang out with him while he had a smoke uh, before an event, and pretty nice dude. And then he did and went his did his stand up, and we got wrestle buddies signed by him. And uh, he told some very vulgar stories about Rick Rude. So I encourage you, if you have the opportunity, go check out Jake the Snake Roberts' uh, stand-up. But uh, content warning, it it is uh, maybe not the most LGBTQA-friendly show. Is he is he better or worse than The Ultimate Warrior? Better. Okay, well, The Ultimate Warrior's dead, so it couldn't be much worse, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's from a different time. That's what that's what people say about people who are sexist and or racist. Yeah, about <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not saying there's a correlation. I'm just saying that's what people say. I mean, it's in the context of him telling stories from the road and. Yeah, but there. If, if if he's talking about the the past, then it's like you gotta give to the the things are different or seen differently. Yeah, because he can't alter the story. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he, if it's like the it's the recounting, then yeah. You know. We don't want to. You don't want to alter history. You just want to learn from it. I, I don't. I don't know how else to say. Just like. It's a fun show, but it is also definitely... It, it's kind of like hanging out with a dirty old uncle. Oh! Gotcha. He's going to curse <laughs> a lot, and he's going to say some things that, like, in polite, normal company, you probably wouldn't say in 2019. Gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, but cool guy. I, I do have another listener question. Ooh! If we have some time uh, for we, that. We absolutely do have some time, and I do want to thank you, Blue underscore Ray Mysterio, for a really great question about monster trucks. I'm always happy to talk about monster trucks. So have, uh, from Brendan Conway, that's serious underscore business 1984 on Instagram, and I think it's the same on Twitter. I would have to double check. Um He said WCW 1995 actually had some decent action with DDP and Mark Miro, and he wanted to know what our thoughts were on, like, any of that. Like, I mean, we we joke a lot about the terribleness of WCW, but there have been good points as well. Okay, uh, that's, uh, that's a really good question. I guess I'll start by saying... You know, again, we we do joke a lot and have a good time on this show, and we we riff. That's the nature of the program. Uh, I will say that both Mark Marrow, or as he's known at this time, Johnny B. Bad and Diamond Dallas Page, put on some really great matches. And really, when you think about it, DDP is super talented for, A, putting in the amount of work that he did at his age, even at this point in WCW, and never calling it quits. Uh, B, the fact that uh, DDP especially was always like super meticulous in the level of planning that he did with his matches. I, I think they both uh, went out and tried really hard throughout all this. Uh, yeah, I think it, it, what comes down to a lot with WCW is the, the booking and everything, the storytelling, everything revolving around Hogan. Yeah. Because he's Hogan. So a lot of the, the stuff, like the really decent matches and 
matches that could have been good, like even in what we're going to be talking about in October, like with a lot of stuff, even with like uh, the cruiserweight division kind of getting its start up in that, they're constantly interrupting it. For to Hogan. talk about Hogan. Yeah. There, <laughs> or the, like, it's just, ugh. There's such, uh, there's such a mentality in WCW, uh, starting in, really, when Hogan becomes a part of the company, and it runs throughout WCW's existence until it dies as a company, and that's that Hulk Hogan is bigger than the company. And because of mm-hmm. that, the, the entire rest of the card suffers. Uh, what we see are uh, situations like... The, the Johnny B. Bad, Diamond Dallas Page, Halloween Havoc match, where the potential is there for it to be a really great match. And if you go back and watch it, it's not a bad match, but it does drag. It's a pacing issue. And it's something that could have been mitigated by having... Uh, I, I mean, I guess maybe back then they there wasn't as strong a focus on having a match producer, you know, that third party to help you plan and pace the match. Uh, I mean, they talk, uh, Eric Bischoff has talked about it a little bit, you know, uh, if you hear him talk about things like the the King of the Road match with Dustin Rhodes and Blacktop Bully, but obviously there wasn't as strong a focus on it, say, like now in the WWE, but it's one of those things where that kind of problem could have been resolved with more eyes on it and a stronger focus on what, you know, what can we do to make these mid or lower card matches better and stand out. Well, the thing about it, too, is that the the WCW or the Southern Wrestling style, too, was more of a long, drawn-out kind of thing, too. Mm -hmm. So it it wasn't uncommon for you to have, like, a 10-15 minute match, like, mid-card match, because that's just, that's how it worked as well. Yeah. And it's like, you know those matches, and they're they're good. I think the kind of the storyline aspect to keep it going ran really weird and thin. Because when it's just like it's two guys who don't like each other, it's like yeah, you can you can milk that longer than you think, you know, than you would think you could. But then it's like you know, Kimberly wins the lottery and DDP's spending all her money and then they have a match for the rest of her money, which I don't know. That sounds like a weird lawyer stipulation. It's a lot of a lot of stuff that we're seeing in WCW at this time, especially the lower card stuff. And I, oh, th- yeah. I think the the DDP Johnny Johnny B. Bad uh, feud here is a really great example. Is it's this sort of like 70s and 80s southern wrestling mentality when it comes to storytelling like the whole point of DDP versus Johnny B. Bad at this point is you know he messed with Johnny B. Bad's title shot against Sting and we see the you know we see Johnny B. Bad show up late and he says he got a flat tire and then Max Muscle lets it out of the bag yeah it sucks having four flat tires I said a flat <laughs> you know, it's That's, yeah. It's like yeah. if I saw that on, and I'm saying this as somebody who has never actually watched it, but if I saw that on like 1972, an episode of like AWA or NWA or something, I would not be surprised. 
I guarantee you that that, that storyline has happened it, <laughs> in like the sixties and seventies. I guarantee yeah, you. It sounds like something from Southpaw Wrestling. Oh, Southpaw Wrestling was the, the best, best thing that they've yes. done. It's the greatest. Southpaw Wrestling forever. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, they're great wrestlers in, in their own right, and I think, you know, despite our riffing and everything, they can put on some really good matches when pressed to. Uh, I, I would just argue that, like, the, the Halloween Havoc match really suffered from pacing and was about yeah. five to ten minutes too long. And also, too, it's just like... Um, you know, the, the, you're you can be a great, uh, you can be a great performer, but it's like, you know, were they motivated to, you know, to to perform at their highest peak? Which I would argue that at that time, you know, also I've kind of throughout WCW because they had a lot of like focusing on like Hogan and the main card, and then later the NWO, and then like kind of. I don't know, shove everybody else somewhere, make them do something yeah. kind of thing. So it's, there's, there's always that kind of, like, backstage thing where, you know, we've, we've all had crappy jobs, and you're just kind of like, oh, I can't, uh, i got to go do this thing, and uh, I don't, I don't want to be there. And, you know, it's tough when your job is, you know, essentially like getting, that. yeah, essentially getting beat up while you're not having a good time about it either. Yeah. And kind of having to be an actor as well. I, I think Diamond Dallas Page and Sting especially are examples of guys who were faithful to their company in a way that was detrimental to them. Because those were two guys especially that you could always pretty much count on to go out and have like a good match or make somebody else look good, right? But, like, the fact that WCW was so geared and focused around Hogan and, like Jared, you mentioned, the, the NWO, a lot of times these guys suffered for it. I love WCW. They gave me my job, and I'm going to, you know, go out there and give them the best every night. And it's like that's, you know, a great mentality, great mentality to have. At least you're positive about it. But it's like it's sort of like being in an abusive relationship. And despite all the red flags, these guys were still faithful to WCW. And I, I think in the long run, it cost them a lot. I think if you were to really go back and look at, at guys like Sting and DDP through the 90s, these are guys who could have had much better careers in a company like the WWE that was focused on building stars. DDP maybe less so because he was already kind of older when he started wrestling but Sting definitely and, and there could have been some great moments between uh, I think those guys and you had guys like Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker Stone Cold Steve Austin The Rock, I mean those kind of feuds in the 90's would have been a license to print money well there's like two well there's two things too it's like let's not act like Sting didn't do anything in WCW. Yeah. He was a top guy the almost the entire time he was there. So he did he did fine. Like could he have, could it have gone different places? Sure. Like DDP it's like yeah, he was like 35 when he started. Question mark maybe. Like he was, he was 30. He was I think earlier 30s, but he was a manager pr- 
prior. Yeah. yeah like, but didn't start wrestling until he was about 30. So, but yeah, it's like that would have been different because Vince feels a certain way about older dudes. Exactly. Who aren't Hulk Hogan. And also, it's like, what if Sting had. If Sting had jumped to WWF at the time, like, what. What would Sting have been? Because the whole. Because also, the thing that people don't. Don't. Uh remember either is that people would jump to people would go from WCW to WWE Vince would bury them because they're from the other company I mean I mean I think he did that I I think he did that much more in you know post WCW than he did like current like like when like because I mean Mark Marrow jumped and Vince did the best he could with him I mean, he got a strong push, like, right out of the gate as an Intercontinental Champion contender. Brian Pillman. Even, like, and it just happened even that Jericho got... Hot. Yeah. <laughs> even Jericho got a big push, like, right out the gate, but, like, he kind of screwed the pooch, so to speak. So he, they, he got buried a little bit after that, but he had gotten a big break right from the get-go. Yeah, but, I mean, at the time, too, it was, like, it's you know it, it you know the the Monday Night Wars were happening, so it it wouldn't be in your best interest to bury him. But again, it's like Sting. If Sting would have gone to WWE, he would he would never have been the Crow Sting. So who would he have been? Would he have been Surfer Sting? Would he have been like because he you know he's I suppose he, it he depends was, on the timeline of when he would have jumped. Uh, yeah, would they even would his name even have been Sting? <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah. they, they, WWE likes to kind of take control and change a lot of that if they can. It, it would be yeah. kind of dependent on, on, obviously, the kind of uh, legal stuff that WCW had going on at the time. And both companies were known for going back and forth over all this, like, needling one another. I mean, WWE tried to sue WCW over Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, right? And how that was being depicted. So it it's a really strange kind of timeline and we could probably make that a whole show in of itself <laughs> uh, but that's a really For good sure. question uh and i think we i think we covered it big ups to those guys yeah. those guys are those guys are really good those are and great questions yeah. yeah i mean there there's a lot of good quality matches it's just you kind of have to dig for them yeah sadly but uh, there's a lot of guys who could go but they didn't really get the the time to shine because mm-hmm. Everything's Hogan. Everything is Hogan. <laughs> Hogan is everything. It's WCW was basically the this is fine meme with every single wrestler who wasn't Hulk Hogan being the dog and the fire being Hulk Hogan. Wow. <laughs> I want to be more offended by that, but I can't. Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> I love that meme so much. It's so good. I just love Hannibal Burris. He's great. Yeah. So let's talk results. We've got wrestling to to talk about. Uh, I'll go over the results of the of the first uh, Monday Nitro for October, and then we'll kind of talk about it like we like we discussed. And Leith, uh, you'll take uh, over the next Nitro, of course. You know, we just go back and forth like we do. So the first. WCW Monday Nitro for October of 1995 took place on October 2nd, 
1995. Nielsen rating of 2.5. And compared to WWF Monday Night Raw, it's a tie. Uh, the venue was the Denver Coliseum in Denver, Colorado. And uh, the venue compared to uh, that week's WWF Monday Night Raw was... Uh, they were at the Grand Center in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The results of that uh, Monday Night Raw include a singles match with the total package Lex Luger defeating, oh yeah, the macho man, Randy Savage. If Lex Luger lost, he must leave WCW. Uh, <laughs> singles match, uh, Eddie Guerrero defeating Dean Malenko. A tag team match, the American Males, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Scotty Riggs, uh, the champions versus the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags. This was a tag team match for the WCW World Tag Team Championships. Ended in a no contest, and as a result, the American Males retain. And your main event of the evening, a singles match, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, woo! defeated the enforcer Arn Anderson via disqualification. So, do we have any thoughts on this Monday Nitro? Jared, you're our guest. What do you remember about this episode? Uh, if American Males. Uh, why? Why? Uh, How did you keep a straight face during all the The gimmick is like I don't even. I don't even know. I don't. Their I don't music even was so terrible. Who who thought that? Like, I get it, it's like southern wrestling, and it's like sometimes southern wrestling stuck in like the seventies and eighties. But man, come on, <laughs> come yeah. on. Any any other thoughts? Um. Yeah, Lex Luger was going to leave. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that felt insulting to my intelligence. I I was riveted to my seat trying to see if Lex Luger was going to leave. I'm, I'm sure Leith was watching this match like, yes, please lose, please lose. Please lose. <laughs> and uh, kind of this whole month with this whole Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Horseman dissolving thing I'm just like I mean hindsight's twenty twenty, but the same like even so this is a long way to just beat up Sting <laughs> it is cause, a... it's not like, cause it's not like Sting's the champion like it, it, like you know what I mean, I mean like, he, yeah he's like the United States champion but it's like it is a very long convoluted way to just go to beat up Sting and it's like Sting was helping you man it was such a weird like you're like yeah <laughs> Ric Flair Ric Flair in is like let's okay let's think about this like in kayfabe is that Ric Flair's trying to get one up on Sting so his master plan is he's going to break up his group and beat up his friends. They're, you're going to essentially beat up your friend, and your friend's going to beat you up for the sole purpose of some time in the future beating this other guy up. Yeah, and the whole thing would make so much more sense if we had been given any reason for Ric Flair to have like some sort of like hatred of Sting. But this whole year, 
like, and Leith can attest to this as well, like, the whole year, Sting has, like, been in the background, sort of, as part of, like, Hulk Hogan's friends, and thus yeah. has been involved in, like, some stuff with Ric Flair, but A, not really directly, and B, not enough for Ric Flair to go to this absurd Machiavellian, Doctor <laughs> Doom-level, Saturday morning cartoon-level of villainy. It feels like like when like when they do high school reunion movies and it, uh, essentially the bully shows up and he's still a bully and he's still he's still trying to kick your ass for yeah. some reason it feels like that it was like cuz it's like they Rick Flair and Sting had a you know they've been wrestling each other for years yeah so there's there is a history there but it's such a weird like you know what I mean? Like, Hulk Hogan's busy with the Dungeons of Doom, while Sting is being friends of Hogan. We'll just get one over on him, like, just for the lulls. You could have just <laughs> beat Sting up. Yeah, you could have just been jump. There's three of you! You could have just been jumping him the whole time! Yeah. Instead of, like, punching your friend Arn Anderson in the face. Yeah. For, mo- for months. Two months. Because this goes back to August, yeah. Leith, uh, you got any thoughts on on this particular episode? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) I I mean, Luger should have lost and left forever. Is that it? (laughs) Luger should have left. We forgot all the uh, the wonderful interactions with the Disco Inferno constantly coming out. Okay. I, I wouldn't say I forgot it. <laughs> Disco Inferno is a plague unto wrestling. Disco Inferno is still. This happened in 1995. Disco Inferno is still around in Let's, 2019. Yeah. Regretfully so. Take that, Scotty Riggs. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Disco Inferno's plague unto equal rights and feminism aside. Uh, so I, <laughs> I do have wow. some notes. Uh, Pepe with the goofy glasses. That's a that's a highlight. Pepe is pretty much the best part of any Monday Nitro. I really hope they didn't train that dog to get him in the costumes. <laughs> I really, I, I, yeah, I never even I, thought about that, and now you put that out there. I think about I it sometimes. It. Yeah. yeah, I just because again, but, I feel like. It's not like he's holding the dog the whole time they're color commentating. It's just like when they're on camera. Yeah. So it's probably just the dog's chilling in a carrier or something, and then they just kind of bring him out to like. And it, I think he, I think we only had Pepe in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I, had a, I had a small dog that let us dress him up in costumes. I can't care. Yeah. We could put sunglasses on him. He just like, like yep. Sometimes they can That's be pretty thing. chill. My yeah. dog would never let that happen. <laughs> it's because your dog is cool. Uh, she's great. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty great. Uh, so, uh, Pepe with the goofy glasses. Ric Flair actually invades the commentary booth at the onset of the show. And I think this is actually, I think this is a historic occasion. I think this is the first time somebody invaded the commentary booth on Monday Nitro. I feel like Ric Flair, maybe that's the first time he did it, but I feel like Flair did it a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> kind of just going up and yelling like a mad, coked-out drunk man. Drunk rich man. Yeah, that's but... Rick, that's Ric Flair, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, we do get some highlights then of Lex Luger and Randy Savage and their whole boot, uh, their whole beef. Uh, we get to see the giant choke slamming Randy Savage, and then Randy Savage comes out in what is possibly one of the most Randy Savagenist outfits ever. <laughs> it's great. I think it's uh, like it looks like the outfit that would have inspired Black Machismo. Yeah. Uh, I have it noted here, and this is probably the most accurate thing I've ever written down, and that's that Randy Savage has as much personality as Lex Luger doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yep. That sounds about right. That's it. That's the show. That hurts. It hurts because it's true. Yeah. Uh, we get to see Randy Savage going up for the elbow. He gets it, but there's no referee because Lex Luger got whipped into him. And uh, then we get to see Randy Savage trying to wake up the referee, but the giant is out, and he choke slams Randy Savage. And the whole time this is happening, Lex Luger is facing away from all this. He has no idea what happened. Or does he? Uh now, as much as we all have a problem with Lex Luger, he did sell that elbow drop pretty greatly. Uh, but he then gets Randy Savage in the torture rack, and Savage is out thanks to that giant choke slam. And Lex Luger is declared the winner. Uh, we get a promo for WCW Saturday Night, uh, giving us a preview of Brian Pillman and Arn Anderson versus Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater. Everybody's favoritist tag team. <laughs> uh, we get uh, Disco Inferno, like Leith alluded to, coming out. And uh, Eric Bischoff actually talks about how Disco isn't even scheduled for this. So it, it's just kind of like, obviously we're like hinting at the fact that Disco's interrupting the show and everything, but it's kind of like a weird like nod to maybe a script. Uh, we get, uh, it's supposed to be Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero, and Eddie Guerrero comes out, interrupting Disco's dancing, and then Dean Malenko's out, and I don't think Dean Malenko has any appreciation for bad disco music. Uh, We then get some highlights of Eddie Guerrero versus, uh, I believe, Jushin Thunder Liger from WCW Saturday Night, and uh, we see that Eddie gets to hit a brain buster on Liger, and then the frog splash, but... Weirdly enough, in this like highlighted footage, Tony Schiavone on commentary from Saturday Night calls it a jackknife. That's, mm. that's not what that is. Weird. He doesn't usually make he doesn't usually make wrestling move mistakes like that that often either. Yeah, and it could have been weird. It could have been as simple as something like somebody handed him some notes, like Eddie wants it called this or something like that. That's possible. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was really interesting to see Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko on a Monday Nitro because we we had seen these guys kind of building up towards all this. Leith, we've been watching these guys in ECW, so how much freedom was WCW really willing to give these guys? And, uh, you know, almost immediately into the match, kind of getting back to what we talked about, instead of watching the match, we get to watch Hulk Hogan arriving to the arena. Yeah, that was so annoying. It's like, I know I've seen these two wrestle, like, a million times. Because I even, like, had, like, this quote, it's like, oh, this feels familiar. But I would have rather actually watched them wrestle, because it would have been good. You don't want to see Hulk Hogan handing his car to a valet? 
I I really like watching wrestling in my wrestling shows. I don't know why. You you do <laughs> go on. I know it. I know it's crazy, but. Right. Uh, we then, uh, I, I did note here that I think the hard camera side of the ring skirt has that transparent nitro logo. And Eddie Guerrero gets the pin, and we get to see some sportsmanship. Dean Malenko challenges Eddie again, and there's a handshake. And then we cut to Mean Gene Okerlund interviewing Hulk Hogan in the ring. Hogan. Oh, real quick, I wanted to say that uh, I, I like that when they did the dive to the outside, the commentary just, like, lost it. Yeah. Like, that was like the like craziest thing they've ever seen. Yeah, it's like cracked me up. <laughs> this is this is peak excitement in wrestling. A dive to the outside. Like, really? I, I mean, they're not supposed to go to the top rope. What's happening? He's gonna get fined for that. <laughs> God. Uh, wow. But I suppose in a company where like going over the top rope could lead to a disqualification, that that could be exciting. Yeah, they feel like making that the rule or sticking to it. I don't know what you're talking about. They only enforce <laughs> that as strictly as possible and stick to it every time. WCW rules. Sometimes they they apply. Sometimes <laughs> when it's convenient. Uh, if it fits the the narrative. <laughs> so we get uh, we get Mean Gene interviewing Hulk Hogan and. Hogan's out there talking about how he's had to do some soul-searching, brother. And he was with Jason Pittman, a teeny-tiny Hulkamaniac who's getting ready for a double lung transplant. And Jason... Wow. Jason, with a double lung transplant on the table, decided to instead encourage Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Think about that for a minute. Hulk Hogan in a hospital... Uh, geez, Jason, brother, I, I know I need to be here for you, and that's why I'm here, but I'm just so sad about the giant, brother. I could really use some words of encouragement. I'm a little scared. I don't know, Hulkster. I'm, I could die in five minutes. What do you want me to tell you? I'm nine. But, God... <laughs> I wish that would happen on the show. Am I wrong? <laughs> oh man, I God, that would have made this so much more interesting. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, he's he's talking about how Jason gave him the strength, and uh, he he's leaving, and he's shaking hands with kissing babies and doing, and suddenly an old woman throws powder in his eyes and hits Jimmy Hart with a cane. And starts oh my hitting goodness. Hulk Hogan with a cane. That lady has gone crazy. Start the ECW chance. The Zodiac and the Giant are out. And plot twist, the plot twist of the century, the old woman is really Kevin Sullivan. No. It is. I don't believe it. Hand to God. You could have knocked me over the feather. Right? Uh, the Giant then rips Hulk Hogan's neck brace off and kills Hulk Hogan a second time. And Hooray! I mean, boo or boo. something. <laughs> only, a, only a man with a Hulk Hogan-sized neck would have been able to withstand the whiplash of a man. He had the strength of a nine-year-old getting a double lung transplant. 
He had the strength of a nine-year-old getting a double lung transplant when he should have had the strength of a ten-year-old getting a double lung transplant. Uh, So then, after killing Hulk Hogan a second time, Kevin Sullivan decides he's going to go, he's going to cut the head off the snake and go for the source of Hulk Hogan's power, his Fu Manchu mustache, and shaves it. I kind of liked that, but... One, because it gave us, like, the... It gave us an early proto look into the uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan look he would later rock. Mm-hmm. But Hulk... Mustacheless Hulk Hogan. Kind it's, of interesting. It's weird. It's... It's... It makes me uncomfortable. He looks so <laughs> much younger, is the thing. Like, yeah, that, that with, the, with all black and the black do-rag, and he had, like, the black boots, and he wasn't really wrestling or fighting differently, but it's just like kind of aesthetically, it just it wasn't like the you know, the heel turn freshening up but it was just kind of like, oh, okay Jared, you're describing exactly why this succeeded <laughs> It was a different time It was a different time <laughs> this, It tested well It tested well with the youths Hulk Hogan is for the youths It, it tested well with the youths Hulk Hogan's kids. Yeah. Uh, so, Sullivan is shaving Hulk Hogan, and the American males come out. And <laughs> of course they do. They're gonna save Hulk Hogan. But, uh, the giant puts a stop to that and chokeslams the American males, and the world is better for it. Uh, and then the nasty boys are out. And the giant chokeslams the nasty boys. And... In a really weird, kind of funny plot twist, Kevin Sullivan is ordering the Zodiac to cut Hulk Hogan's hair. Now, why is this funny, you might ask? Well, it's because of the Zodiac's previous gimmick that you have to go back, like, four or five gimmicks ago, where he was Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And he just cannot bring himself to cut those luscious platinum blonde locks. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. And then Ric Flair out. Woo! This is this is how in-depth this storyline is for Dungeon of Doom. They go back like you know, like a year and their and their stories to really pull stuff out. Mhm. It, it's it's Great storytelling, really. Just the peak of storytelling in wrestling, and we it really makes you want to, you know, watch the what happens next. Yeah, and rewatch what happened like a year ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, it shouldn't, because WCW Saturday Night is objectively awful. Oh, it's so bad. Saturday Night, like, look, uh, I'll put a caveat on that, that uh, the mothership, if you will, is only awful when Dusty Rhodes is not commentating. Oh, and that's exactly what we watched. Oh, my God. Dusty commentating is basically just... A treasure. A really... It's like every black uncle at a cookout. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I, I, I understand every third word said... But Clubberin. Uh, oh, club, Clubberin was the basis of wrestling. His faux fist is on one head. <laughs> it's fundamentals. Good fundamentals. Oh, Honda, uh, Clubberin, 
It's going to be a situation. He talked about his Ludimus Maximus. <laughs> but we then get Dusty Rhodes' longtime rival Ric Flair out. And the camera's cutting to attractive women in the audience. And Arn Anderson is out. He doesn't get, like, an entrance with music or anything. Uh, and I have it noted here, interestingly enough, Ric Flair is in a Hulk Hogan-colored attire. He's got yellow trunks with red initials. And I also have it noted here that there has not been a single segment of this entire broadcast where Hulk Hogan hasn't been the focus. Uh, oh, yeah. Brian Pillman is out, but the ref called for the bell before Pillman technically interfered. And we get Brian Pillman attacking Ric Flair. Uh, we then get uh, Anderson tapping to the figure four. Flair wins. Anderson and Pillman attacking Flair. Steve Mongo McMichael is talking about Atlantis for some reason to close out the broadcast. And he's talking about how Atlantis was an island, and we all know what happened to it. It feels like a very clumsy allusion to the to that old saying that no man is an island. Weird flex. Yeah. From Steve <laughs> Mongo McMichael, of all people. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I Tortured metaphors from Steve Mongo McMichaels. He's a poet. Give that. That's that's one way of putting it. Yes. So, <laughs> Leith, uh, hit us with the next night. So that would be WCW Monday Nitro, October 9th, 1995. Uh, got a Nielsen rating of 2.6. Rating compared to WWF Monday Night Raw was about the same. Uh, venue was Rosemont Horizon, Rosemont, Illinois. Venue compared to WWF Monday Night Raw Grand Center Grand Rapids Michigan. All right. Singles, yeah, singles match. It's uh, Sting defeating Shark to retain the WCW United States Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabu defeated Mr. JL. Big Bubba Rogers defeats Road Warrior Hawk via countout. They're all all singles matches for some yeah. reason. Uh, then a single steel cage match. The enforcer, Arn Anderson, defeats the nature boy, Ric Flair. All right. There you have it. Jared, any thoughts? Um, uh, I go back to my previous point of, boy, they're really going through a whole lot to beat up, eventually beat up Sting. <laughs> You're beating up your friend in a steel cage. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't go that long. It was only like, Four minutes, which yeah. is weird. For a steel cage but, match. But at the same time, again, just beat the guy up. This is weird. This is a weird mentality and logic to just beat up one guy. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. Um, my notes are uh, Sting doesn't see the Four Horsemen plot. <laughs> Sting is just in the background like I suddenly can't read. I don't know what's happening. And it's 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 so weird because it's like they did this with Sting. This wasn't even the first time they did it with the Horsemen, but they did this kind of thing to Sting like all the time. He was like the trusting babyface, despite the fact that like he gets stabbed in the back by everybody. And it's like maybe it's just like a metaphor for like. 
nice guys finishing last or something or, you know, overcoming the odds of doing the right thing or I, I don't know. It's just weird. I was like, how can you not see? How can you not see this coming? How? <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Disco Inferno. Uh, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Because <laughs> uh, he does. He does. Um, uh, uh, Sabu and Mr. JL. Mr. JL, best gimmick ever. He's, uh, he's the prototypical El Generico. Just saying. Not not yeah, a Mexican luchador at all, but in fact a white dude. <laughs> Which you know, it's it's good. It gave uh, it gave white dudes everywhere to put on luchador mask and do some things. Fine. Uh, also, it just blows my mind that Sabu is in WCW. It's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. It's weird. And what else happened? Um, Sting wrestled the Shark. Uh, which is John Tenta. Yeah. Uh, earthquake. Um, avalanche. He, he did this move where he went for the avalanche or whatever. I don't know what he what shark-related thing it would be called in WCW. I, I think just the shark splash. I He went for a splash in the corner, missed, sting, hit him with a stinger splash, uh... to the point where he almost flew over the top road, which I thought was, like, the most... WCW thing that happened on this show. It was like so, like he did a splash and oh man, he lost his balance and he goes back and does another splash and like his leg kind of hop up on the ropes and he kind of holds the post like he was going to fly out from the sheer force of the stinger splash. And I went, I, you lost me here. <laughs> I, I was almost on board, but you <laughs> lost me. And, um, uh, uh, Hawk wrestled Big Bubba Rogers. By the way, uh, controversial con- conversa- controversial uh, uh, opinion here. Big Bubba, the best Ray Trailer uh, incarnation. I know the Big Boss Man and blah blah blah. Big Bubba Rogers, awesome. He wrestled <laughs> in glasses. When you punched him, they didn't fall off. He was a Blues uh, Brother. That was his whole gimmick, basically. But during uh, Hawk's ring entrance. Uh, somebody put a baseball hat on one of one side of his spikes, and it looked hilarious because <laughs> he didn't. I don't think he recognized. He oh, that realized. was yeah. uh, Disco Inferno did that. Oh, uh, was it? Was yeah. He, yeah, he took the hat off of some kid and stuck it on the spike. Classic heel move, but still fuck that guy. <laughs> That's my one for the show. <laughs> I, I swear I'll be good because Disco Inferno deserves it. He's the worst. That's fair. The worst. But that's all I got on that. Okay. Just I get like this horseman thing gets more and more ridiculous. Leith, <laughs> <laughs> any thoughts? Uh, well, I th- I did think it was funny that like given the the context of like you know not knowing they're just doing the storyline to beat up Sting for whatever reason. Um, the fact that they're like we're gonna do this cage match, but it's gonna be a cage without a roof, and that's somehow supposed to keep out flying Brian? Like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, of course he he would interfere. Like, he should interfere. Like, uh, just silly. I thought cage matches had referees on the outside, too. Or if this was... It's, 
it depends on the type of match. Because, I mean, with it being open, I don't see... Any, there's not really much of a reason for... Yeah. Like, as long okay. as, like, they, they, they aren't trying to escape the cage, right? Yeah. It was just they're supposed to get the pin within the ring still. Again... It just depends on the rules and, like, what they're trying to accomplish within the cage, I guess you could say. Yeah. But it was just... It was very silly. They're like, you know, Flying Brian's gonna totally stay out of this cage. There's no way he could get in. <laughs> that sounds like Flying Fly Brian. Yeah. What a, what a stand up what a stand up guy. <laughs> uh so guys we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here in just a couple minutes. Uh and we'll do more WCW stuff next week. Uh but I will hit the notes I've got. Uh and uh yeah. It's because it's getting late. Uh, but uh, here's what I've got for, for this particular broadcast. Uh, we get some highlights of the attack on, on Hogan, of course. Uh, Kevin Sullivan in the dress just looks like Ben Franklin. Uh, Mongo, Bischoff, and Brain are all wearing custom Bears jerseys. Yeah, they were. Bischoff is number one. Steve Mongo McMichael is, of course, 76. And the Brain is a question mark. Uh, we then get, of course, Sting invading the commentary booth. He's wearing the, the United States Championship, and he's amped about Randy Savage and Lex Luger, and he leaves. And then we get the Shark versus Sting for the WCW United States Championship. Shark is actually wearing some new gear. Uh, and then Sting, who invaded the commentary booth like 10 seconds before, comes right back out to his music. We do get to see uh, Wildcat Willie in the background. Uh, the shark's attire is just composed of all the shark clip art you can find in Microsoft Word. It's bad. Sting wins in about 30 seconds, like like Jared said, with a the big diving crossbody. And uh, Steve Mongo McMichael talking about Hulk Hogan says that he had that mustache for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> I raised that mustache. That mustache was old enough to buy liquor and vote. <laughs> what a weird thing to say! <laughs> oh my god! As if we're supposed to care that much about the mustache. Like, oh, that mustache was killed in action. That was so overblown. Like, what? like they did. Like, I'm surprised they didn't bring. Like, they didn't cut to footage of Linda Hogan being delivered like a like a Hulk Hogan flag, all tri-cornered, folded up, and being like the the mustache has been killed in the line of duty. They have a tiny little coffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Cut to Hulk Hogan leaving leaving a bouquet of flowers on the on the grave of his mustache. <laughs> the, the unknown mustache. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Oh God. Oh. Uh, we then got to highlights again of Hulk Hogan getting attacked. We're only seven minutes into the show, and we've already focused twice and shown twice what happened to Hulk Hogan. Uh, we get the Halloween Havoc promo. Again, we get uh, Sabu versus Mr. JL. Uh, There's a really cool spot with a big crescent kick from the chair, from Sabu. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 
uh, Mr. JL. That was a good match. Yeah, it was a really great match. Also, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Sabu did a forward flip dive onto Mr. JL, causing him to hit the guardrail with the back of his head. Yeah, (laughs) some nasty spots. Awful. Yeah. Uh, Mr. JL hit a rope spike DDT, vintage Orton, back in 1995. Uh, we... Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Leah's doing the math. It doesn't check out. Uh, Sabu wins with what can only be described as like half a camel clutch. Uh, there's a messy sunset flip powerbomb. And uh, we cut from that action to Hulk Hogan and the Giant and the crowd going nuts. Uh, Sting and Lex are out in the ring. Sting is wearing black, red, gold, and white, and Randy Savage is in tiger print attire. It's beautiful. Gangster. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. It is, as the kids would say, on fleek. Wait, do people still say that? They don't. I guess not. (laughs) Jared's older, he would know. It makes it even better, though. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing swag back. The kids forgot about it. And uh, Randy Savage asked the one question that's been on everybody's mind. How come Giant hasn't choke slammed you, Sting? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sting proposes something that is needlessly complicated because it wouldn't be, oh, yeah. it wouldn't be WCW if it wasn't. And that's oh, that. So good. Yeah, if Randy Savage wins against Kamala at Halloween Havoc, and if Lex Luger wins against Ming at Halloween Havoc, then they should just square off in another match. And how does Randy Savage feel about it? Oh, I like it. Yeah. Because uh, Sting is tired of being a babysitter. And, boy, Sting, I really hate to be the one to tell you this, but uh, that's all 1996 is going to be for you. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, you continue doing the thing you said you didn't want to do yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, Luger takes some convincing, and then we cut to outside. Chris Benoit is out there with the hockeyest of hockey hair you'll ever see on a person. And he's being led out of a limo, and he looks up at the arena, and he says, WCW, where the big boys play. Uh, intrigue, I guess. We then get uh, some Disco Fever, Disco Inferno dancing, and he's interrupting Big Bubba Rogers and Road Warrior Hawk. He has his own boombox, and like you guys alluded to, he steals a kid's hat and puts it on Hawk's shoulder pads. Which, this should have just been the setup for a Road Warrior Hawk Disco Inferno feud. But it wasn't. I feel like Hawk would have just like killed him, him and that would have been the end of it. <laughs> no, that, that would have been a that would have been the stiffest match you've ever seen. That guy yeah. would have been laid out. And we would have all been grateful for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh so again that match ends in a double count out. We then get uh, Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart uh out in the ring to be interviewed by Gene. Hulk Hogan's in all black. Jimmy Hart's in all black. They even have a matching black neck brace for Hulk Hogan and he tells everyone to shut up. He starts putting over the giant as Andre's son, and he talks about how he's been barred, uh, the giant has been barred from the arena, and now it's time for a Hulkamania history lesson. Mm. 
A long yeah. time ago, brother, <laughs> in the New York City area, brother, when Hulkamania was running wild, uh, the promoter's ego got bigger than the wrestling business. And none of this has anything to do with him versus the Giant. It's just a dig at Vince McMahon. And as Hulk Hogan pulled his troops out, the red and yellow little Hulksters a couple years down the road, and it just it just kind of goes on like this. Uh, yeah, I, I've noted that he said Hogan is going to beat Gorgeous George in heaven. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What is this? And, and it's such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, and he. What does this have to do with anything? Yeah, and like, he, what is he talking about? And he talks about how, like, as we speak, the promoter is dying and choking on his own ego. Like, yeah, take that, Vince McMahon. Err. Yeah, Vince was quaking in his boots. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> and that's why the WCW, he was looking for a place for Hulkamania to grow. For the little Hulksters to become Redwoods. And now that he's here, Kevin Sullivan wants to burn all the trees in the forest, brother. And the giant wants to chop the little Hulkamaniacs down, brother. But he's here to plant the seeds. And I just kept asking myself, did Eric... Bischoff really just want Hulk Hogan to cut a promo against Vince McMahon? Yeah, but what a tortured metaphor. Your kids are going to turn the trees, and this one guy wants to chop them down. That's why I want to beat him up, because I beat up his dad once. Yeah. I'm not following, man. WCW had this thing where it was just like, hey, go cut a 10-minute promo. It doesn't have to make sense. Just do it. (laughs) Just say whatever. We got a slot say, to fill. Say words loudly, and we're good. Yeah, that's just all as you many need to words do. as you can. They don't even and have then, to be like English. They don't even have to like <laughs> make sense. Just yell. And then years later, Scott Steiner happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, we take it all back. That's the birth of Scott Steiner. Uh, and and okay. like Leith said, he mentions Gorgeous George in Heaven for some reason. And then yeah. the Giant and Kevin Sullivan are in their monster truck. The Zodiac is in the back. Hulk Hogan's heading for the monster truck. And we're promoting the cage match. Uh, fireworks. Uh, we get to see Pepe in a little bear sweater, and he's got a little football helmet. And uh, the police are talking to Eric Bischoff. Arn, again, gets no music. He's already in the ring. He's he gets a god dang jobber entrance. That's not something you should... He's got the serious business yeah. entrance. He's no nonsense. He doesn't want any of that showmanship crap. He's just there I feel to play like, people. I feel like heels... It, heels can come out in the no music, and it can be really effective, but I feel like it has to be the right person. Like when Tommaso Ciampa was coming out to no music, and it's just... All it is is just people booing him. Yeah. <laughs> best. So I was like, oh my That's God. That's it. That's the man. music. And, oh, he's, everyone's so mad at this guy. <laughs> so I, I have it noted here that uh, the cage is barely taller than the talent. I know, it's so tiny. <laughs> it's a tiny, tiny cage. And Bobby Heenan with the line of the night says he's made his cage, now he has to fight in it. Ah, uh, oh. so good. Oh. Uh, Yeah, we get, uh, like you guys mentioned, we get Brian Pillman out. Brian Pillman is actually trying to get in the cage. Flair knocks him down. He goes for the figure four on Anderson. And Anderson hits him with some knucks. The knuckle duster. Yeah. 
and Flair invades the commentary booth. He's a man possessed. And it's at this point, he challenges both Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman. He breaks Eric Bischoff's headset. And we're closing the show speculating about Hulk Hogan. Uh, Steve Mongo McMichael speculates that Flair should get him some money to buy himself a partner. And I feel that that's really an interesting thing to say, because that's basically how he becomes a four horseman. Uh, (laughs) And then we end the night with Steve Mongo McMichael stumbling around trying to say the words (laughs) pay-per-view. Pay-per-view. Yeah, and that's it. That's that's the show. Uh, So... Uh, again, folks, uh, we're going to wrap this up right now. Uh, we will continue our WCW discussion uh, next week and uh, hopefully get to uh, d- uh, the WWF slash WWE and ECW as well. Uh, if not, this might just be a three-part uh, episode. But uh, be on the lookouts for those. And, Jared, where can people find you on the Internet? Um. I'm on the internet, so like I said, if you do a Google search of JFX 316, I'm pretty much everywhere, uh, because algorithms, uh, I've got my, uh, my YouTube page, it's, uh, Game Changer 2.0, uh, point spelled out, that's very important, and I'm on Twitter, it's JFX 316, on occasion, uh, not getting kicked out of Diamond events, so... Feel free to yell at me about how you think AEW is really bad and how John Moxley is overrated, and I will tell you why you're wrong because that's what I do. All right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Jared. I hope everybody has a good night, and it's been fun, wrestling fans. See ya. See you later, y'all. Thank you. In a time. In a place where each family seemed alike. It's not fair. You never get what other kids have. He wants a dad. They were different from everyone else. What are you looking at? Don't tell me the ball. Until one day, <laughs> fate sent them two strangers. You've got to have a place to stay until that leg heals. <laughs> with the power to help them to find their way. You know, baseball is a thing that if you push too hard, you get exactly the opposite of what you're trying for. Just slow the ball down in your mind and let it float. He was everything they could ever hope for. And nothing they could possibly imagine. Because his family was so kind, the genie granted them three wishes. One for the mother, one for the big brother, and one for the little boy. What did the little boy wish for? I'm not sure. What do you think? He is not of this world. Are you saying he's from someplace else, like outer space? Shh. Oh, thanks, Jack. Jack, do you believe in magic? Of course I believe in magic. They want to know if you can help them the way you help me. He can fly. Patrick Swayze, 
Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, Jurassic Park's Joseph Mazzello, and introducing Seth Mooney in a film by Martha Coolidge. Three wishes. Once in a lifetime, magic can find you.